This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? It's the holiday season, Josh, and I see I have both red arrows and green arrows. So I am definitely on Christmas brand. Uh, you're on, last, you're on brand. Yeah. yeah. So it's, yeah, we, I was, I was looking, I think it's actually been a full two weeks since we recorded. I don't know if that was always the plan, but just the way it works out with, with the fixtures and, and holiday travel and um, yeah, so we've missed, it feels like about half the season has happened since our last yeah, podcast. Right. Additionally, we, it, there's a lot going on around the holidays, but we kept chatting and pushing the recording back because we wanted to find just like a, the smallest possible hole in the fixture <laughs> schedule to put something out that would actually be useful and listened right. to by our audience. So hopefully yeah. we're catching everyone at a good time where you're looking at what transfers you need to make at game week 21. Right, exactly. Hopefully you had a Man United player today. Uh, actually, really only two, right? You wanted to have Rashford or Pogba. I think if you if you had brought in, uh, as I had very seriously planned or thought about Lingard, uh, today might be a frustrating day for you. Yeah, our heart goes out to you, Jeff Petter. So, uh, well, yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's it's a weird it's a weird one. Okay, so I mean, okay, it's a here's how this podcast is going to go, right? We have we have a two day turnaround until the matches. Uh, you know, tomorrow is New Year's Eve. Uh, you know, we don't want to record a 90 minute podcast. It's going to be irrelevant, you know, in, in two days time. So what we're going to do is do a quick recap of how, uh, you know, just a recap of the holiday fixtures. I'm uh, going to answer just a, a couple of questions. Um, and then we're going to look right at game week 21. And then after that's over, you know, after, after game week 21 is completed, then we'll do more of a traditional recap, a longer preview. We'll have the FA cup, you know, coming up next weekend. So a little more time to catch our breath a little bit, but for now we're going to do kind of a, a quick and dirty for us anyway, short podcast. Uh, you know, I think if we, if we got this under 40 minutes, I think that would be, uh, massive achievement for us i don't think we've ever done a podcast under 40 minutes it's never happened but we'll see we'll see, <laughs> we'll see. i like it yeah. as a challenge <laughs> so brandon uh, when last we spoke you uh you were kind of you're in the midst of a of a of a drop right you had yes. like things were things were things were not going well after the podcast was recorded you had probably 
your worst game week of like the last couple of seasons, maybe. I mean, it was it was not yeah. a, it was a tough one. Yeah, game week eighteen, I hit a game week rank of five point two million, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was it was awful, and it was one of those game weeks in which you find yourself feeling like absolutely nothing is going right and not going right in a way in that you the hole is getting deeper and deeper and deeper. Right. So if if you look back at game week 14, my OR was 5827, my, my highest overall rank ever. And mm-hmm. everything is going my way. Um I don't don't feel like too many challenges have presented themselves. Then I make a series of of just terrible striker uh, transfers, bringing in Lacazette and Mitro when they're not getting time or scoring. And then I bring in Aguero and I've been having trouble squeezing any juice out of him. Do you think that you fell into a trap of thinking like, of like trying to be clever, like, or like trying to like get one over him? Like, do you think that, you know, you were sort of, you know, like you said, you were in the top 6K uh, overall, which really hard to get up that high. And do you think that maybe you were like, you were, you were overthinking things a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the 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 logic there is, oh, I'm starting to lose ground. My worst fear is that I drop out of the 10k. So I have to take, I I have to sort of zig instead of zag to immediately get back. I don't right. want to lose that ground and never to be able to get it back. So act fast while you can. And then you you put yourself in that frame of mind and you start to make silly decisions. Well, not silly decisions, but uh, like cute decisions or like not maybe not cute is not the right word, but like just like overthinking it a little bit, right? It's like Obama yeah. Yang, no, let's go for Lacazette and save a couple million, you know, like the, that kind of, you know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah the the whole what could what could possibly go wrong situation and this is all timed to over the month of december we have just seen massive massive point hauls from big players like hazard and now pogba is is up there um i'm trying to think of other players like harry kane of course and abamyang all these players that i didn't have and i'm trying to just bank on them being off and then right. I'll have the differential. And and that's what's really uh, put me off. So I've been able to claw back up to, it looks like I'll be around 27. So I fell after that game week 18 score to 47K OR. Mm-hmm. Looks like I'm going to claw myself back at when the scores for game week 20 are tabulated to 27K. So that's yep. good. And how I, how I got here was I ended up making exactly as you're saying, like unsexy, sensible transfers. I right. brought in Marcus Rashford, who like, I mean, bless the kid, young talent, <laughs> but he is to, it, to me like the least sexy FPL option in the forward <laughs> sure. lineup yeah. in recent memory. But, uh, you know, you, you see Manchester's form brewing and you jump yeah. on him. Hongmin Son, he's got the Asian cup hanging over his head like the sort of Damocles but I, I see I need Spurs coverage, so to speak, or I'm not going to be able to get in Kane. Also, mm-hmm. Son is on farm, so I bring him in. And just I'll I'll, uh, I'll cede the floor in a moment. But Lucas Dean, too. Okay, this this is perhaps the luckiest I have ever been in FBL. <laughs> is I just had this hunch about Alonso, and I dumped him for Lucas Dean uh, right ahead of Dean's brace huge for me. So, and and I think your your you stopped your backslide with the Lucas Dean transfer as well, but here here's the ultimate point I wanted to make is there are there are a, another frame of mind I can put myself in is all right, things are going tough. I want to make the most 
bulletproof long-term transfer. And what you're going to end up doing is, is outthinking yourself. I had to commit to, it's not risky transfers, but effectively short-term transfers. Mm -hmm. So Dean, not so much, but Sun and Marcus Rashford are absolutely short-term transfers, Sun particularly with the Asian Cup. And possibly Rashford now too, if he has this if he has a hamstring injury as now. Yeah, or, yeah. or the groin injury. Or groin. Exactly. So it's kind of scary where I'm in the midst of clawing back, but I'm I'm playing the game. Like I'm knee deep in the game. I am I am still having to be <laughs> nimble. Ideally right. you would make it you would bring in somebody like I mean Pogba looks to be this guy right now. You just bring him in and he'll just continue to perform and that's one less problem you have to deal with. Right. What what I've done is I've brought in good assets that are at the same time problematic. So um it's it's fun and terrifying at the same time. Yeah, I mean it's uh I yeah, I it, it, I feel like it's you know both of us have sort of I I really you know for me um I have sort of been very sensible as well and I I think what I was really conscious of was um last year on the holidays I had like a real injury crisis and I, I really made it worse by like taking a bunch of hits. Like I took a, a minus eight last year to bring in, you know, the, the famous Holobos transfer. It was not good Holobos, like, like current Holobos. Um, it was, although <laughs> mm-hmm. he didn't, he got one pointer this week too. So, uh, Holobos on the holidays is a very tricky prospect. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it was, so my, uh, so I, so I've actually, you know, I, I, I had the kind of the same thing where I had, I think it was like, four or five red arrows in a row. I had, I had gotten up to 13 K um, and I dropped down to 56,000, which again, still, still a good spot to be, but obviously when you get really high, you want to stay up there, right? It's just, you know, it's just how it is. It's all relative. You know, uh, if, yep. you're, if you're 500,000, you don't, you don't, your goal is not top five K at least right off the bat. The goal is to get from 500,000 to 400,000 and so on, you know? So anyway, um, so, but you know, in recent years when I started, when things have started to go bad, I have like really spiraled and kind of panicked and, try to get too clever and it's it, you, it really you have to think like you're in first place in your division i, I think this there's a site in your in your mini league or whatever like you have to act like like you know like the only thing you want to do is make sensible smart transfers and there's this like sort of temptation to chase you know differentials these like sort of low ownership players but it's just not it's not the right strategy until like game week 34 or something you know it's like yeah. if you do it this early i mean there, there's something okay Someone like Paul Pogba is an interesting case. Is he a differential or is he just a player, you know, a talented player who's reemerged, you know? I mean, this is like a maybe a different conversation for a different podcast. But like, you know, as we said before, I mean, a, you know, differential can turn into a bandwagon player very quickly, right? Like Paul Pogba goes off for 18 points, uh, has a bunch of, you know, a lot of good game weeks still to come. Uh, Youngman's son is just about to leave for – um, for the Asian Cup, I mean, Paul Pogba is going. I bought him at seven point nine million. I bet he reaches nine million by yeah. like the middle of January. You know, he's just going to climb and climb and climb. Um, and so, yeah, was he a differential? I guess he was for maybe a week. But like, he was a talented player. It wasn't like you know, I brought in Robert Snodgrass for one week, right? Last week, and I also a talented player. Also, <laughs> but like a player who like you know he's. <laughs> A bit, but that's like that's differential chasing, right? Like yes, you know, it's, yes. you know, you, you kind of know who who Snodgrass is. He has what seven, eight years in the league. You know, the guy has never been. You know, he's not going to be a fifteen goal tennis player this season. For he's not going to be Felipe Anderson for West Ham. You know, yeah, let, let's let's also stack the teacups here. He's playing on what could be the flakiest team in the division <laughs> right now, West Ham. Yeah. 
So I finally, so I, I crawled back and I, I'm actually inside the top 10,000. It looks like the fantasy football fix has me around 8,800 in the world right now, which is uh, pretty exciting because it's been, it's been a long time since I've, since I've done this well. Um, but I, you know, I think that it really, I don't know, I, but I think I really have been very sensible in my moves, you know, um, and I think that that is really what you just have to continue to do, even if your season feels like it's going off the rails. You just have to be sensible. You know, you just have yeah. to keep making the best decision. Like, like, just don't think about your ranking when you're making these decisions. Um, but yeah. I, the biggest one for me was, you know, I had the same frustration with Alonzo. I was sitting on two transfers. I felt like I really needed Man United coverage. And I just didn't feel like Snodgrass was going to get there for me. So I, I brought in uh, Snodgrass for – or I brought in Pogba for Snodgrass. I had to do it um, – on Boxing Day. Uh, so I actually I transferred in Snodgrass and then transferred him out before he played a minute in my team. So it was a very weird, very weird experience <laughs> watching that Southampton match the next day with West Ham. And I was like, well, I don't even know what I want here. You know, it's like, I mean, I wanted to do well, but like if he goes for 16 points, I'm going to feel kind of strange right now. I do feel like the IRS might be reaching out to you uh, for some, <laughs> some, some curious dealings there, some money laundering happening with your yeah. FPL squad, perhaps. So I, I brought him in. I picked up, you know, 18 points. And Snodgrass finished on zero points for the DIV. He had a yellow card and got subbed at halftime. So a humongous swing. Uh, I bring in Kiko Feminia, who doesn't play a minute, uh, and which means I get Doherty's points, uh, Doherty's points um, off the bench. And so, I mean, you know, so I, I think there's like a tendency when things go well to be like, oh, I'm just making great decisions. But I think I'm also getting lucky, you know, and getting five points off the bench from Doherty. Hello, that, that might, David Brooks. Yeah, well, okay. I actually don't know why people were like David Brooks to me. I was never thinking about benching him. Like, I don't know if anyone else has watched Man United's defense this season, but they're not very good. And David Brooks is like a pretty good attacking player. So I was completely fine playing him. Definitely will not slag off that decision to start Brooks against Manchester United. But uh, was it? three game weeks ago in which he scored that brace. So, right. and, and uh, we have extolled his virtues uh, a handful of times on this podcast. And I think he's a legitimately great player. What, what is astounding about Brooks is that he has become integral to the Bournemouth attack. Yeah. And a concern for me, as I've repeatedly said, Ryan Fraser is a season keeper. There's this weird situation going on with him. I, I it's still unclear whether it's a fitness issue for him or if he yeah. is just really on the outside looking in at the moment. I think it is a fitness issue. Um, you know, I, I think I, the, at least it was a week or so ago, you know, and I don't know if part of it was that they just decided to kind of punt on the Man United game to an right. extent. And then they're, they're, they're really targeting Watford on Wednesday right. to get those three points, which is fair enough. So, yeah, yeah, whereas I'm really concerned, and I was saying on our Slack channel earlier today, obviously Ryan Fraser is dead. Well, um, it looks like Rashford's groin might be dead. That's a problem. <laughs> but, um, I w yeah, you have to bet money that Ryan Fraser is going to start against Watford. So right. he he continues to stay for me. Three, and I hope three, good, three good fixtures in a row for them too, right? Uh, you've yeah. got uh -huh. Watford, Everton, West Ham in the next three. Uh, Cardiff and Game Week Really four to five good fixtures for, for Bournemouth. So I would actually plan on – if I had Fraser, I would I would definitely keep him in my, in my team. Uh, and, yeah. and Brooks, I mean, five million. He now has five goals in two assists in the season um only selected by 3.6 percent of managers priced at five million so uh if he you're is looking an for excellent an footballer he, he yeah. is he's really fun to watch too i, I agree yeah. he's like corner kicks too so um yeah. yeah so i think it's um enough about us brandon i guess i mean we'll probably keep yeah. talking about us but i mean 
a lot has happened over the last three game weeks. Um, a lot has happened with with Man City assets. A lot has happened with Man United. Um, so just to do a little to do a little you know recap here of the festive fixtures. Um, what okay? Let's, let's start with Man United. I mean, what do you think about how many Man United players is too many? Is 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 two too many? Mm-hmm. Is uh, I mean, we let's assume that one is you want to have at least one right now, right? Yeah, Paul Pogba, Paul Pogba is the one. Uh, you could say recency bias, but just look at the last three game weeks. They've come in quick succession, but right. it's unreal, his production. And yeah. if you, you zoom back, he's the talisman of the team, and uh, he has all the upside. The concern with Rashford is perhaps this injury, but also Lukaku is now coming back into consideration. Right. What kind of rotation is going to happen? I, I I would be surprised if Alexis Sanchez doesn't get moved on in this upcoming January window. I don't yeah. see him as a huge threat to Rashford's potential, but yeah. um, the, the ceiling is just so much higher with Paul Pogba. You mentioned earlier, Josh, that Man United's defense is very sketchy and for what for Luke Shaw was an interesting asset at the start of the season but I, I just don't see how there isn't better value when you're looking at guys like Dean and Doherty beyond beyond Shaw so I, I'm just not really interested in participating in the United defense even Shaw right yeah I, I agree there's, there's no cheap options really five million is really too much even for for Shaw yeah, I, I, if if it turns out that Rashford is it just has a little niggle and he's I don't have an issue hanging on to him. I think that he will continue to get his minutes and contribute to the team. I mean, the the move that he had to uh, free up him, free himself up and put that ball across the six yard box to Pogba the start mm-hmm. of this Bournemouth game was electric, yeah. right? I feel like you were a little, yeah. I feel like you were a little too sour on Rashford when when you talked about bringing him in as a vanilla player. He's like the last two games, he has been really impressive. I mean, he's like really, um, he looks really good. I mean, I don't, I, he looks less like a striker. I mean, is he playing as a striker? He's like he's kind of playing out wide, right? Like I don't know. Like, well, like I, th- a, I do. Yeah. I do think they interchange uh, because yeah. he and Martial can can swap flanks. But I think he is intended to play as an as a traditional number nine. But right, doing so much. Heg of I know. Yeah. Um, what about but, the saddest uh, okay, man so, in football, Anthony Anthony Marshall? <laughs> oh God, unreal, unreal. I think that just quickly uh, to finish off Rashford, the bias might be, yeah, that he's a vanilla player because it's just such a oddball price bracket that we haven't we we don't have anyone else like him right now right. this season, priced at seven point two. Uh, I would love to see him rise tonight, and then I would actually make point one on him uh, in the selling value. All right, um, let me ask. Let me ask you a question. After yeah. af- after Mo Salah, I know this is this is going to sound a little knee jerk here, but after Mo Salah, is there a more valuable player to have over the next ten game weeks than Paul Pogba? When you look at their fixtures and you consider his form, yeah. Uh, in, in his price, only eight point one million, right? Not gonna not gonna ruin your team to bring him in. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's I, I think, okay, price. let's let's think about the competition that he would have. I mean, at the higher end, you would say Eden Hazard might be sure. competition. Harry Kane is still even slightly higher. Would be Leroy Sané, but what is even going on with that Manchester City <laughs> side right now? I mean, I don't know. they 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 ended up. Uh, 
you know, making pretty easy work of Southampton, but they, I, I didn't think it's like that, so, they, so unsatisfying that game from a fantasy perspective, right? It was like nobody, it was like all the points were spread out. You had David Silva getting a goal, but nobody has Silva anymore, right? Cause he's been, you know, no. injured, injured for weeks. Um, yeah. I mean, Aguero gets like another yellow card, which is like, oh no, he did, did he get a yellow card? No, I guess he did. He, he, he did get a yellow card for a oh, Robin Van yep. Persie-esque ta- tackle. Yeah. That's so, right. Okay. Uh, yeah. So two, so two yellow cards for Aguero in the last two game weeks. I mean, um, yeah. And then Bernardo Silva, who is like kind of one of the more frustrating players in fantasy, right? Cause he's just like, has these long, long stretches where he doesn't do anything. And then he'll sort of pop up with a goal and an assist in a couple game weeks in a row. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a it's a strange I, time. I I brought in Sané and I got ten points from him the very first game week I had him, and I've had two two and one in the last three. And if you had told me that Leroy Sané was going to get a combined five points against Crystal Palace, Leicester, and Southampton, I would have yeah. thought you were crazy. I mean, I would have thought at yeah. the very least I'm getting an assist out of him. You know, I, I just like to get nothing is just shocking. It was very surprising. The way the the way that City's form just fell off a cliff was was probably the most amazing thing that happened over the break. We, we can talk about yeah. Liverpool just opening up this incredible gap at the top of the table, but they've yep. been they've still been playing well throughout the entire season. City just like came to a screeching halt. Yeah. Um, all right. So Pogba, we we you know we we he, maybe he's not the most. He's he's definitely up there. I, I would think that – I mean, I guess we could talk about Liverpool and Salah a little bit here now too. I mean, Salah has finally – I think the the controversy can – the the is Salah too expensive controversy or whatever you want to call it, debate. Um, uh-huh. Can we finally put it to bed, right? I mean, not the Not the Salah is uh, a rich man's Wilfred Zaha controversy <laughs> and that he's yeah. dived for two straight penalties. Uh uh, you know, hey, you can't put an arm on the shoulder, okay, in the box. <laughs> Someone gets in the box like that, you have to just you can't you can't hack at their legs. I'm sorry, like you got to let him yeah. either like just let yeah. him shoot and hope he misses. You know, like otherwise it's yeah. it's def- it's always a penalty. Twenty one, two, twelve, twelve, and twelve. Uh, that's six goals and three assists in the last uh, five matches. Uh, he is overall points leader by thirteen points. Uh, yes, he's expensive at 13 million, but I don't know what more you, you could, you could want from a, from a fantasy asset. Right. Um, you know, I mean, he's basically captainable in every fixture. I, that said, I don't think I'll be captaining him away to Man City. It's, uh, you know, I, I'm here for your arguments to captain him against City. City haven't yeah. kept a clean sheet in how many matches is it now? It's, it's kind of incredible, but yeah. yeah, that, that will be a heated match. What that will be a heated match. But yeah. Salah is the one thing we haven't seen from Salah yet that made made him just so wondrous last season is a curling effort off of his left foot from about 17 mm-hmm. yards out. Yeah. Um, if he were to do that, then I would say he is entirely back 100%. But <laughs> yeah. what you do see with the eye test is just how bloody ruthless this guy is. And right. uh, going back to the penalty uh, point we touched upon, he... He is just looking to score. You saw uh, the quote from Klopp in his post-match interview when he he talked about Salah giving uh, Firmino the PK. And he Klopp says, I almost started crying because you know how much Mo wants to score goals and the fact that right. he gave it to his teammate. Uh, so ruthless on one hand, on, on one hand, but just this determination to <laughs> win and to have a, a team elan 
uh, on the other. So nothing so, but love for Mo Salah. Worth, okay, so he's worth the, all 13.2. Yeah, you mentioned, you know, the watching him and the way he plays. And I think I mentioned before, you know, one of the reasons I captained him um, in the in the away match to Bournemouth um, well, four weeks ago or whatever it was, um, was because of how good he had looked when he'd come on as a substitute in the match before that. And I and, and this brings me back to the Pogba thing. So uh, there are a lot of different ways to play the game. And, um, you know, obviously you can sort of mix and match these approaches. And some people are very um, – some people just really go on, like, feel. Some people go on eye tests. Some people go on statistics, right? And, you know, obviously most of us go on some some combination of, of all three of those. Um, but I do think that I have watched more – I don't actually know if I've watched more matches, but I feel like I've watched more extended highlights. And I've just I've just seen a lot more, like – game film uh than i have like in, in, in recent seasons i've just been watching game like film. this i know that sounds I'm, I'm, like pretentious i don't know i'm, I'm just imagining watching, a, pro- like, a yeah. projector in the back of the group uh, back of the room sort of humming and <laughs> flicking along yeah i don't know if it's you know i've just been like it just like it's been like a thing i've been doing like like in the evenings like that you know sort of like wind down as i'll watch you know extended highlights from recent matches or you know just like uh, watch like 30 minutes of a match and i do do think that I think it has made me a better fantasy player. I do think that uh, I, I think that the the actual eye test and like using that to inform my decisions has really been helpful. And I think that maybe I've gotten away from that a little bit, like gotten away from my not trusting my instincts so much. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, your instincts. What are your instincts based on? Right, they're sort of based on what you see with with your eyes, right? When you watch and like a sense of feel. And um, I'm never going to be a total maverick manager. I just don't have it in me. Um, but I can watch more matches and sort of be like in, in sort of use that to to um, to inform my decisions <laughs> a little bit. You know, I, I don't know where I, I'm trying I'm trying to like trying to make a sorry. What what, what I, are you I, I, no? I I want to ask you a question though. I want to okay. ask yeah. you. Uh, do you believe in ghosts? <laughs> I don't believe in ghosts. No, sorry. <laughs> if you if you think you saw an apparition, would you try to explain it away with with science and logic and reason, or would you want to believe like your agent Mulder? I think I would try to explain it away. I'm sorry to say, yeah. Brian. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to somehow equate a belief in in ghosts and perhaps even if you could throw UFOs into this with <laughs> um, the eye test in FPL. I don't see it working. I follow your logic, though. Yeah, it's it's beyond. I don't think we have to categorize it in. Uh, I mean, I guess just to underscore your point, you're making a very good FPL point, but. Um, the eye test is also just watching and enjoying the games. You have to still participate right. as a fan and right. a, a spectator of the game. You have to feel not, all right. I'll go. I'll get even more woo woo than you. You have to feel the game. You let it right. flow through you, and that well, will actually yeah. help you. You <clears throat> cannot break the game with stats. Yes, of course they will help you, but uh, yeah, I agree. I think the the better players will have to be fans of the game watchers of the game despite that wasn't there like like five years ago there was a winning manager maybe he lived in singapore or australia somewhere on the other hemisphere um who won first place in fpl without watching a single game there's lots of different ways to do it and like you know some of our you know our our, i mean two of i'm just thinking of like two of our patreon supporters dave wagner lodal and nick wright who were both Really smart, very stat-based managers, really, you know, think about the game that way. Also, extremely passionate, really love watching football, right? Like, they're not, 
you know, I, so I don't want to like create some dichotomy where it's like some of us, some of us enjoy the matches and some of us just stats. It's not, it's not like that. I just think that it is actually watching more matches is like, and then like in sort of like, like you said, like using like being in flow or whatever, you know, I, mm-hmm. I don't, like, again, yeah, getting very woo woo here, but it's like when I made my, I had two transfers this week and I watched the Man United match and I was like, well, it's more sensible to bring in Martial or, or Lingard, but I want Pogba. Like he's the mm. best player. He's the player. He's the one who's doing well. He looks amazing. Like that, the strike last week for his second goal was an unbelievable strike, right? It was uh, the player who was in full confidence. It was, and was Felipe like, Anderson-esque. <laughs> it was Felipe. And I was just like, I don't care what it takes. I'm going to bring him in. And I, I, you know, I just don't think I would have done that had I not watched that match. And, and, you know, I don't know. So anyway, I, it could be that, you know, he did well today and I'm using that to retroactively, justify my decision i don't know you know and maybe having kiko is going to really screw up my team at some point but that was that was the rationale uh yeah get me out of this conversation Brad. okay let's, let's, i'll get you out okay. of it i'll get you out of it uh, uh, the one uh, transfer in my squad recently that i can talk about is the on the hunch that maybe sterling based on city's forum and the hunch that maybe sterling has to sit out today against uh, southampton i bring in hazard this is a this is a reverse move of what worked for me so beautifully was I dropped Hazard right before he fell off a cliff and right when Sterling came into form. Sterling is falling out of form. I missed Hazard's brace in game week 19. So I'm points chasing a little bit. But uh, here we are with a blank from Hazard in game week 20. And now you're, you're talking about Pogba and we can put him into the, the same conversation. You have guys like Pogba and Hazard and Sané and Sterling who have been doing troll like things as, and this is not the first season that any of them have done this to us. <laughs> right. So um, that's probably the lingering. We have to cons- really, we have to reconsider our, the word troll too. Right. I mean, to be, I, I feel like I, I listened back to last week's, the, the last podcast, I was really harsh on Hazard and it was probably a little unnecessary. You know, I yeah, think I was just right. personally annoyed that I had <laughs> held on to him for so long, you know, during all of these, all of these blanks. Uh, yeah. And then for him to catch on fire the second I dropped him. I mean, you know, it, mm-hmm. it, it, we all feel frustrated when that kind of thing happens. Yeah. And I would stand by what what we said and what I said about Hazard last week, where I feel like he is a risk and he is a long term bet, but a short term liability. So I, I took on that liability, bringing him in for game week 20. But yeah, I, I think that it just that's the one concern you could raise with Pogba is he has shown a streakiness. Uh, but something's happening at Man United right now. And just uh, maybe this can help round out this this overarching festive period conversation is uh, me me talking about bringing in Son and Rashford as sensible picks, but knowingly, um, you know, short short to midterm picks. Right. And despite what you feel about Pogba, maybe you will have to get rid of him. But that's not a bad thing. That something is happening with that team right now. You can, I mean, the statistics will tell you, your eye test will tell you. They look fantastic, as does Pogba. So um, I think you really can't deny his his value right now. All right, Brennan, uh, let's take a, let's get out of our, the woo-woo section here. Take a quick break. We'll get back with a couple more topics. Okay, Brandon, we're back. We have some Patreon thank yous. Uh, producer, patron, uh, it's actually an upgrade, Brandon. This 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 guy. You ever seen the movie Upgrade? Great is movie. That, is that where that guy gets some computer virus in his body and then just kills everyone? 
I don't know. I've never actually seen it. I just know there's a movie called Upgrade. Uh, thank you to uh, Danny Evans, who uh, has become a new producer-level patron. Very much appreciated, Danny. Thank you. Please don't uh, hurt new- us, Danny, with your new upgrade, <laughs> with your new upgraded body. Also have some new and the Connie patrons, Sasha Cole, Michael Shade, Vetley Nordley, Sir, uh, Sir Severud, sorry, Vetley, uh, Stephen Drew, David Newell, and TPR PLR. Uh, thank you to TPR PLR and, uh, and the rest of our new patrons. Turper purpler. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> we'll have to decipher that code. Yes. Uh, it, if you are interested in just thanking us for what we do or, or, um, uh, finding out more about what it is to support the podcast, go to patreon.com slash always cheating. Brandon, a lot going on for our patrons right now. We have a second half league that just kicked off in game week 20. If you would like to take part in that, it'll just take your score beginning in game week 20, no matter when you become a patron, whenever, you know, no matter when you join the league, uh, the winner of that gets to pick anything they want from the always cheating shop. We have a book. Or, we don't have a book. We have a t-shirt, a sweatshirt <laughs> and a mug in there. Maybe we'll have a book someday. Uh, we got lots of stuff in there. And uh, we also have, you can, you can invite it to the Slack. We have a bunch of patron exclusive podcasts coming this month, including including something new that I'm hoping to roll out. I'm going to talk to you about that later this evening. So if you'd like to support the podcast, go to patreon.com slash always cheating. Once again, thank you to Danny, Sasha, Michael, Vetley, Stephen, David, and TPR LPR. Uh, Josh, we have a couple of topics for today's podcast before we get to the game week 21 preview. You, you were texting me the other day. You had something that you wanted to say about uh, basically anger, anger management. <laughs> And what we see going yeah. on on uh, I know a lot of our some of our listeners I, I'm not I, I'm not sure how to quantify the number of listeners is it a lot is it a little who aren't on social media but right. um, there is of course a vibrant FPL community on social media but I think the the idea of rage and your relationship with FPL um, sort of affecting other aspects of your life is relatable both in social media and other ways but yep. specifically. What are you seeing uh, happening right now, or at least recently on social? I, I just think it really is like so. There's this, there's this post by um, for those who aren't on on, on Twitter, and you're you're lucky if you're not because uh, it's I'm not sure it's healthy, Brandon. I'm just gonna throw that out there. Uh, it's a there wretched a po- hive of scum <laughs> and villainy. Uh, there was a post from uh, Matt Kearney, who's uh, bowstring the carp on on Twitter, and he was basically like, "I am done." I'm done for the season. Um, I'll see you guys in, you know, in, in 2019. Um, and it really became like a, a big debate. And some people were like, oh, like grow up. And other people were like, see, see you later, man. You know, like, we'll see us. We'll see you next, next fall. Like, take it easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I sort of thought about it. And of course, I, I, I completely understand because I, I know that feeling well. And honestly, there have been times where if we didn't have the podcast, I could see myself really – you know, not this season, but like in the seasons past, like I remember like a season and a half ago, I think it was maybe two seasons ago. Um, I was like, I don't, I, I was like, I don't know if I can keep doing this. I'm just so like the, like the joy to pain ratio was, was completely off. And I was thinking about the, this post uh, from, from Matt Kearney. And I just, I, I, some of the stuff he was talking about, I was like, you know, I think I'm feeling that a little bit too. And I think it's just like, there's so many matches and such a feeling of like, you know, wanting to stay sort of connected with everybody in social media. And I think this is true even if you don't have like a podcast you're promoting or a website or a community that you're engaged, whatever it is, you know, just feeling of like, just like you are so consumed by it. And 
you know, and then the, the, the problem is like, it really makes you appreciate how nice it is to have the two weeks off for the international breaks or even just the week between matches and how yeah. much you really can normally go four or five days without thinking about fantasy at all and how like unbelievably healthy that is you know, <laughs> uh-huh. to not. And I just, you know, as I, so I read this and I, I was actually, cause I had been talking to a friend. I actually, this morning I went to um, a friend's house and we, uh, we built our friend Trevor, who's actually, um, uh, our producer patron for the podcast and I uh, went and set up the crib and I texted him on Friday. I know that he knows I'm like fantasy obsessed. Right. And, uh, and he is, and he is too. Uh, and I was like, listen, let's get this, let's get this crib going. Don't pay attention to the matches. I don't even want to think about them. Let's just go, let's just hang out. Let's set this thing up. And it was like, I felt like I really had to actively like say, no, I don't want fantasy to be like, ch- it, it just like, I feel like this is the time of year when suddenly like, wait, like, am I like not doing things I should be like, am I not like spending time with my family? Like, you know, am I like really giving yeah. stuff up just to watch TV, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I don't know, like, how do you feel about this? Like, are you, I mean, cause you're pretty engaged in all this stuff as well. Even if, even if you don't, maybe yeah. you don't tweet as often as I do, you're, you're very much, you know, everything that's going on. Yeah, I am very engaged. I follow the community, even if I don't engage all the time. Um, and I think the most compelling part of the argument is, is how do you, how does your hyper engagement with the game impact other aspects of your life, be it relationships or, or work or uh, just keeping up with other things that you ought to be that, that might be equally fulfilling, like exercise or reading or other, <laughs> right. other, other in, endeavors. These are the things yeah. that I think about. But um, the fact is, is we started playing fantasy because we were really interested in the Premier League. And right. to, I, I can see the argument of, you know what, I really just, one thing I do think about is what would it be like to wake up on the weekends and watch an entire slate of fixtures with no fantasy team implications yeah um would i how would that affect my could i (laughs) do it could i do it would i do it so there's something about the combination of the premier league just being this huge behemoth of a product that is seemingly always on and then you uh put on top of that the a fantasy game which is is even more always on it's it's just so it's so much And uh, like we talk all the time, you compare it to NFL. NFL is is a very short and sweet fantasy period. You can throw all your eggs in that basket, but it's going to be done by the time you get to January and then you can move on with your life. Yep. Um, But if I'm doing poorly, um, one thing I I keep, I've I've adopted this cliche of we go again and Mm -hmm. I've turned it into uh, and, you know, so. I have been having a really good season and I had a bit of a wobble earlier and I, I really adopted the cliche of we go again. And I, I, I was interested in testing myself. Like, uh, you, you will have, a, you'll have a bad game week and it will really tear you, tear you apart to the point where you're going to be, maybe you're short with your, your spouse, or your partner, or you're just in a bad mood or you, you, you end up just going and drinking too much or all sorts of weird stuff. Yeah, I Can mean, if, turn- there's, if there's a person out here who has had a bad fantasy week and wasn't short with somebody when they really shouldn't have been, um, I would like to. You're probably not listening to this podcast because you, you have a healthier relationship to fantasy than, <laughs> than yeah, you and I do, right. and everyone who's who's listening. 
Yeah, but the idea of just picking yourself up and going again, even though, it, and we've seen other um, peers of ours who are who are known fantasy players or in the FPL media, like the General or Tom Cantillon, who got the assist, who have had real troublesome starts to the season, and you see there is a way to take a positive outlook and say, well, you know, this is just the way it's going for me. I'm going right. to test myself and see if I can e- I either a turn it around or B just sort of accept it and, and right. set, set a new standard for myself. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's interesting because I guess this is like, like we had, we had a question from, um, from, uh, from Tom Campbell, another person who has a, a very, Tom Campbell, you know, we're both big fans of Tom Campbell. He's just, he's, he, I don't know if any, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't follow him on social media or talk to him on our Slack or whatever, he's just a, one of those people who like seems to have the right balance, you know? Um, you, and, you, uh, you had said when we actually had the pleasure of meeting Tom in London that he is like the mayor and he's like the mayor. he does, <laughs> he has, he has the, he embodies the spirit of if anyone were to be elected mayor of FPL writ large, it would probably be Tom Campbell. Yeah, and he had a question about about an early wild card, and he said, you know, it's it's worked out well for you guys in the past, and just whether you know wh- whether you advise to do it, and I think that that is e- even asking that question is like indicative of the right attitude, right? <laughs> Which is like yeah. maybe you do have to change, you know, like I, yeah, there's an ideal way to play, right? There's like you you have your first wild card, and you have the second wild card, and ideally you wait until game week thirty two to use it or whatever, you know, and then, and then you use those chips one, two, three, you know, games 34, 36 and 38 or whatever. And it's like, you know, you sort of follow this like very like sort of rhythmic process. And I think that it's, it's feeling like you've got to play a certain way um, that especially around this time of the year can really bring you down where you're like, well, I can't use my wild card cause I got to save it for later. Um, but you know, at the last two seasons when my seasons, when I, when things weren't going well, I used a wild card to, to great effect, um, jumping, you know, hundreds of thousands of points and then being able to stay up there once I did it. Um, so I, I think an early wild card can make a lot of sense. I mean, I think you have to be, you have to really think about whether you can just clean your team up without using the wild card. Ideally, you know, you can, um, but let's say you can't, let's say like you've just got five or six mistakes in your team right now. Um, and you want a wild card early on. I mean, what, do, what do you think about that? I mean, I, you know, would you yeah. do it? I let's would say you not. have 430,000 in the world. Yeah, I, I would not. And, uh, I, I think it's, it's difficult to predict what the points trade-off is, but think about, um, if you wait longer to play your wild card, you you wait longer where there is uh, a perfect turn in the fixtures or certain players come to four or, or most importantly, double game weeks. What's the trade-off in points? Right now, maybe you can chart a course where you can burn you can burn four, eight points for a couple of weeks. If if you're hovering around 500K or you're in the millions, uh, docking yourself minus four or minus eight isn't going to sink you. And maybe maybe you have in your head that just burning four is going to contribute to the problem, but it is a way to just turn things around, to dump some of that dead weight with uh, that, that you haven't been able to get rid of because you've been trying to stick to one free transfer a week. So yeah. I would be much more in favor of a big stance on burning a bunch of points as opposed to an early wild card right here in January. Now, if we're, if you know we're talking I'm gonna, like late, I'm gonna, late, I'm going to disagree. I'm going to disagree with you there. Um, okay. I actually, I, cause my, here's my feeling. 
um, you can you can burn those points, but you're already down. So burning those points means you're gonna go you're gonna sink even further down, right? And if if those if those point hits don't pay off immediately, then you're really gonna get depressed. Like it's almost like there's like an emotional reason for doing the wild card. You know, yeah. it's just like it's just like it's like a fresh start. And maybe maybe you end up burning points, but you do it later on in the season, like to load up on double game week players and things like that. I, I, I think I agree that it might be a little bit too early, but I think by by late January, I think you can really get away with it because, you know, by then you have a, a pretty good sense of, you know, who's going to be in the um, like the League Cup final, for example, like which, you know, which which players are going to miss, you know, miss ha, have some missed fixtures and some double game weeks coming up. Um, and that's something I really try to keep in mind um, when I did my early wild cards the last couple of seasons is, you know, what players am I going to want to have in 10 game weeks? You know, like mm-hmm. when, when the double game weeks come around, it might be a little too early to figure that out still. Um, but, uh, you know, so but I, I just think in general, I, I, I think there's something to be said for just for just feeling like you play that wild card and you're just starting over, you know, in a way. And yeah. maybe it hurts you because you don't have a chance in game week 34 or you know, maybe it does ultimately hurt you, you know, but at least for the next 14 game weeks, you can have fun, you know, and you're not going to like have this kind of all these all these point hits that may or may not work out. Yeah. Obviously, the wild card may not work out either. Well, yeah, to, to that point, I think the most important thing before you do anything, be it to be a take a hit or play your wild card, is are, have you really identified what the problems are in your team? Right. Is the problem that you just don't have Pogba? Is the problem that you really want Harry Kane? Um, and really think about what's the best way for you to get from where you are now to where you want to be. And right. Maybe it maybe it ultimately doesn't require a wild card where you think it does. Maybe you actually don't hate your team as much as you think you do. Right. Yeah. I, I, yeah. It, it, it's all it's all very context dependent. But if you know, it just if you're like loaded up with injuries and Sun's about to leave for the Asian Cup and you just feel like you need a fresh start, then I I think play it. You know, and and just deal with deal with the consequences uh, in in March. You know, but have fun until then. Hey, let the bodies hit the floor, Josh. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right, Brandon. Uh, did we finish up our social media thing? Oh, so I just a final thought on social media. Um, I, I do think that taking a break, taking a weekend off, taking a week away, you know, it, it's all fine. No one's going to forget about you. You know, like no one's going like, you know, the world will keep on spinning for you and for everybody else if you just walk away for a week. Um, and I know that when I take even just a couple days away from Twitter or just kind of do like minimal posting to share the podcast or something like that. Um, I am like really refreshed and I have a lot more fun engaging with people instead of it feeling like it's like a mandatory slog, you know, and like, and I'm sure some people are listening who aren't on social media and they're like, why would you ever feel this way? But like, it, you do start to feel that way, you know, like you feel like you've got to respond to every post or you have to, um, you have to weigh in, you know, on, on debates about transfers or whatever. And suddenly you're like, man, like I haven't done anything today, but send eight, thousand tweets you know and i don't feel like i'm any closer to knowing what to do with my own team anyway you know here's a here's uh, a fun social tip you know on twitter you don't you're not you're not subject just just to your stream you can just start a direct message thread with two or three or four yeah people that you really get along with and you can have just an ongoing conversation happening there and maybe that's That's a fun way for you to still stay on social but just keep interacting with people who might be giving you the right kind of feedback for where you are Right now. You can even do it on our Slack, Brandon. There's private channels on there too. Booyah. Uh, Brandon, <laughs> all right, let's take one more break and then let's talk about Game Week 21. Okay. Josh, we're entering a new year, 2019. 
and uh, maybe the same old FPL game, but try something new in 2019. Why don't you try Starting 11? It's live Premier League fantasy that is free or for cash prizes. Starting 11 is an app that is now available for your iPhone and Android device. Any day in which there are two or more Premier League matches, you can pick your best 11-man squad with no budget restrictions. Man, I really wish I had Pogba going into that Bournemouth game. Just, <laughs> are we going to have a, a whole separate podcast about how terrible Bournemouth's defense is? Oh, I mean, there's so many teams that could be in that podcast, Brandon. I could do <laughs> I could do five hours on bad defense right now. I mean, clean sheets yeah. are dead, okay? That, that's yeah. why you can have four 4.9 million defenders right now because clean sheets are, are dead. Okay, go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but back to starting 11, you can bring Pogba in for that Bournemouth match. And it there are so many uh, parallels to FPL in starting 11 where you get to choose a captain to get double points. But they are improving on the formula. It's all positive. Pogba is uh, prone to not hitting the frame. You get points in starting 11 for shots that are even just about, off target. I was target. just about to say that. I was Exactly. One of the best things about this game is it does not punish attacking players. So you don't have to watch these really fun attacking players and think, oh, dispossessed again. Great. Now I, you know, now I won't pick up any points today. Yeah, so tinker with your 11-man squad, give it just the way you want, and live as the games are playing out, you can make live in-app substitutions as the games unfold. So, uh, But more importantly, you can play Starting 11 for cash. If you're on an, an iOS device, cash games are live in the UK, US, Canada, and Germany. If you're on an Android phone, you can play for cash in the UK or just pick up the app and play for free anywhere you are in the world. Many leagues have come to starting 11. They came late in 2018, but let's say they're a great invention for the year of 2019. It's mini league season. So start mini leagues with your friends, join pre-existing mini leagues there in the app. It's a great way to, to join in. Josh, where can people get more information? They can visit starting11.io. And Brandon, just a, a final note. We like, always like to note this because, uh, Brandon, there's a lot of different ways to gamble out there. But if you were listening to this podcast, you're probably a, a borderline fantasy expert, right? Or somebody who really enjoys fantasy, understands the game very well. Uh, why not gamble using, like, with a game you actually understand? Like, why not, you know, like, use use the knowledge that you've built up over, over low these many fantasy seasons and put it to use by making money using starting level. Exactly. So visit starting11.io for more details and helpful uh, video tutorials and get started today. All right, Brandon, we're back. Game week 21 kicks off on New Year's Day. Brandon, we were just talking about uh, social media and managing games. There are way too many games on Wednesday and Thursday when I'm back in the office. I need a plan for this. Like, I don't know what your plan is right now, but... I like I can't like I've just been off work for 13 days. I cannot track these matches. It's going to be a complete mess. Well, m- most importantly, so uh, the Thursday match between City and Liverpool will kick <laughs> off at 3 p.m. for us here on the East oh, Coast. That's I, I that's, cannot I'm doing a imagine. I know I can't imagine a world in which I don't watch this game live. But I'm going to have to do a blackout, a full yeah. blackout. 
no, no social media. Uh, I'm not even going to log on to the internet. I'm going to like go and like with like I'm going to do my my work in my office like on a notepad or something. Just like, I don't want. I'm going to turn off all. I'm going to turn off all updates. I know that I'm still going to find out. I know there's like no way that I won't find out. But I'll do my best yeah. not to find out because uh, that match is going to be. I mean, it's it's like it, it, you know. I mean, it's one of the most important matches of the year. If it was, if it's anything like the four three match last season, then it's going to be. Uh, incredible. I mean, I don't really know what to expect in that game. Man City finally played a little better. Okay, just to bring it back to fantasy for a second here, um, are there any uh, captainable assets in the Man City-Liverpool game? Yeah, we talked about Salah closer to the start of the podcast, and I think people are rightfully pinpointing City's defense. It's a real problem for them. It has been Mm -hmm. for months now. They can't keep a clean sheet. Yep. Liverpool are going to run at Man City. I think that they are going to try to just break through that defense. Um, I, I, I imagine that's going to be their strategy. We saw a nil-nil draw earlier this season. Mahrez missed that penalty. So there is precedent for a lot of attacking play, but no results to show for it. But something tells me that Liverpool are hitting their stride at exactly the right moment for this match and that they will be putting a few goals past that Man City defense. I would so, expect, so, I mean, everyone scores in Man City right now. So I, I would expect, I would expect Liverpool to score in this game as well. The rise for, yeah, for me now, getting that hat trick is kind of interesting. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't think, I think that was, two of those goals were kind of fluky, I suppose. Um, and then the third was a pen. So I, I mean, I, I, but I guess the first two were at least like, you know, a sign of his, like a, his renewed attacking, uh, thrust, which I think probably helps that whole team. I, I don't think that he's him being more of a goal. I mean, first of all, he's not going to stand pens, right? That was a one-time thing. Uh, yeah. I do think that, yeah, when he's in great form, I mean, it's interesting. Like, I mean, this is a topic for uh, an upcoming podcast, but I do think that doubling up on Liverpool is something that I'm going to have in my have in my sights at some point soon. I mean, a bombing down to Firmino to turn Sonny into Hazard would be a move that I would consider. I don't know. Uh, not, not this game week, obviously, but you know, from game week 22 on, it's, it's quite a nice run for, for Liverpool, you know, Brighton, Palace, Leicester, West Ham, Bournemouth, um, you know, really a nice stretch there. It's uh, uh, something to think about. Yeah. Uh, my, my big question for game week 21 is I am looking to move Aguero to Aubameyang or Harry Kane. Um, mm-hmm. Harry Kane looks like the better option. Uh, but both of these fixtures on Tuesday are really appealing from a captaincy perspective. Arsenal yeah. host Fulham. They demolish mm-hmm. Fulham. I mean, I understand it's a, it's a different regime there now, but, um, that's a really great fixture for Aubameyang who was subbed off early, earlier than he's ever been this, this season. Uh, so I right. expect he'll be, he'll be fresh for that match, but Kane, I mean, his his stats were, you know, predictably appalling as they kind of have been intermittently throughout the entire season. Though he right. just scored one of his best great goals. Goal. Just, <laughs> it was a great he just goal. Leathered it. He totally yeah. leathered it. And, I mean, Abomiang's uh, well, stats were appalling too, right? Like that stat. Yes. That, uh, that, I think know, he had twelve, 12 touches. touches. Yeah. Yeah. Six were on kickoffs. Um, it was, uh, yeah, it was pretty, pretty awful for, I, I mean, I don't really know. I mean, the, the, you know, the real problem there is, uh, Aaron Ramsey, uh, was not, you know, just, he couldn't replace Mesodozal without Mkhitaryan. They, they don't really have a central midfielder right now, yeah. you know, yeah. like a central attacking midfielder. And 
I think it's really it's really hurting their ability to get the ball to uh, to Aubameyang. I mean, he's he's still going to always score his like kind of poachers goals, and the, you know the, that goal he scored in the Brighton match was a classic Aubameyang goal, where it's just like balls pinging around. He gets a little bit of light, you know, and then it's like boom, like you know, right corner. Um, you know, I guess it's a little bit like Kane actually. I mean, you know, just Wolves, st- you know stepped off him for a minute and he found like a little window and he's like, yep, I'm going to rip this from 25 yards. <laughs> rip it. Um, is this, is this the son. great irony of Arsenal though? The, a team that was uh, known for being lousy with creative midfield attacking midfielders. And now, you know, the, uh, they have none for one. Yeah. They have none. Where do they all go? I, I don't know. And then Ozil, I guess, you know, he's dropped at halftime for technical reasons. And they, you know, they make up some bogus, you know, rumor that he's got a knee injury or something. And that's not, that's why he didn't play away to Liverpool. Um, if he's back for this Fulham match, I, I do like, uh, I do like Aubameyang as a captain. I actually think I'm, my captaincy is on Kane right now. That's, that's, that's my, my bus team has Kane as a captain. Um, I, I just think that they, they need a win, right? I mean, they had kind of an embarrassing loss away to Wolves. Uh, or I mean, at home to Wolves, and um, the players retired. Um, I, I wonder if there's some rotation in the midfield. I don't think that Kane gets rest. I think Son is a, a possible candidate for rest, um, yeah. just if if he's been used the way he's typically been used. Um, although his form is so good that they might start him anyway. Um, but it's it's just an important match for them. I mean, Cardiff's defense is is you know. Uh, not particularly. I mean, Etheridge is good, I guess. Uh, uh-huh. But you know, I, I would expect Spurs to score like three goals in that match, and I, I think that Kane you know, will be involved. I actually like him a little more away from home, anyway. Um, so I think um, I'm going Kane. I, I also think the Fulham have tightened up just enough defensively. I mean, you know, keeping what two clean sheets and three now. Um, you know, Callum Chambers actually is a player who might be worth considering going forward as a as a fifth defender, right? He's only four point two hey, million. He's going home. The narrative is there for him to score against Arsenal. Can he even play? He can't play, unfortunately. Right, of it's course. a yeah. yeah, it's a loan deal. Yeah, but uh yeah, but he's definitely, you know, he's definitely one to um to just moving forward. So I just want to think about starting game week twenty two. Uh so that for those reasons, I, I've got Kane I've got Kane captain. I also think that Aubameyang has like at least a twenty percent chance of getting rested for this match just because he's played so many minutes. I, I I don't think he will. I think he'll get rested for the FA Cup over the weekend. But you know, I don't know, it wouldn't shock me if they were just like, This guy's burned out, he needs a rest. Um, and you know, even though he, you know, I mean, this is like just, I, I, I think I had like kind of a, my perspective on rest has changed a little bit, you know, I, I don't know. It's like, I think they just really, it's like a game by game thing more than I think, I think in my head, it's like, maybe it's cause I think about this as a fantasy manager and I, I could look five fixtures ahead and I think, okay, these are the easy ones and these are the hard ones, you know, and they're going to get rested, the easy ones. And, and it just doesn't work that way. I think it's like, it's really like day by day and they see where these guys are and, you know, if they're starting to redline a little bit, then they, then they just have to get a rest no matter who they're playing, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. so anyway, I, I, I do think that Kane is, is the option here. Is there anyone else? I mean, you've got Hazard at home to Southampton. That's kind of, yeah, absolutely. Bus, bus team armband is on Hazard right now, home to Southampton. He, the, the Chelsea, uh, who the heck did they play today? Uh, Crystal Palace, the first mm-hmm. half of that Chelsea Crystal Palace match i mean hazard looked like the only chelsea player who was actually interested yeah and 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 capable of going forward so that would be the the big worry is um just how in the groove is chelsea as a whole but hazard even though he blanked still looks like he is he is in the swing of things he's informed chelsea is very yep. reliant on him yep. he has always been a player who prefers playing at stanford bridge and 
Southampton, even though to use use your your phrase, tightened up with under new management, uh, you don't have don't have the best defense. So I like that. They just don't have the. They couldn't tighten up if they wanted to, really. Yeah, I mean, no personnel you know, for it, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're playing. You know, McCarthy I mean, you had some even, insane saves today. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, you know, I'm sort of like there was a moment where I was sort of tempted by, um, <laughs> by, by uh, Bednarek, you know, 3.9 million player. Go on. Started started the last five matches for the for for Southampton, but. I mean, he started five matches. He has four points in those five matches, right? He's got uh, two zero two zero zero, right? I mean, he's just you know, the, the, their defense is just not. It's just not up to up to snuff, you know. And um, and considering I mean, they'll be playing yeah. without Hoyleberg, the attacking phenom, they'll really have to just <laughs> set up the bus. That was a weird moment for me, by the way. Having Sane, Sane, Sane comes on in the 85th minute or whatever, and uh, I'm looking at Hoyberg, and I think he was on two bonus points at that point. So I'm like, yeah. man, I was like, oh, this like one pointer is going to cost me a nine pointer from Hoyberg. Uh, minutes later, uh, gets the red card, and uh, suddenly it's four points versus one. And I was like, well, okay, fine, I can, I guess I can, uh, you know, I don't know. It's like it didn't really matter one way or the other, but it was like at least you know you didn't like you know that sting of leaving points. I was never going to start him against Man City, of course. Oh yeah, Phil Billing. He's like um, uh, our friend Stephanie Anderson, who's in our our league with us. She was talking about Hazard a couple seasons ago. She talks about him as this player where he he's like being at the grocery store and you're trying to pick the fastest line to get to the cash register, and you're like. <laughs> You'll jump on the line that you think is faster. Then it turns out the other line is going faster and you just can't ever quite, quite get it right. And um, that that is very much how I feel with uh, players on my bench or leaving points on the bench like Phil Billing. Like, I know the dude is capable of doing something uh, in particular right. fixtures. But uh, and the day, the week, the game weeks when I'm really excited to roll him out, of course, he'll do nothing or he won't even play. <laughs> right. uh, the only times he'll ever score is when he's on my bench. Yep. Yeah. It's there's yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like Hoiberg, I guess I started him once in that Arsenal match, and that was you know I've had him for 15 weeks now. I started him one time, uh, and of course I got a two pointer that one time. I did it. What about Um, Newcastle? So we we talked a lot about Manchester United in this episode, and they're away to Newcastle. What do we think about this match? What do we think about Newcastle's uh, defensive personnel? Well, if I didn't love uh, if I didn't love Kane's fixture away to Cardiff, if I didn't love, I mean, I just I, I have like a lot of tempting. Ca- I, are we still talking about the captaincy here, or just in general? I mean, in general, I really like Man United away to uh, to Newcastle. I mean, I think that um, Newcastle have not been particularly strong at home. Um, I would expect Manchester United to score two or three goals in this match, um, yeah. and I expect Pogba to be involved. So, I mean, he's definitely a tempting captain. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I just rank him third behind, um, behind Kane and Aubameyang. Right. I, so if we were to say Aubameyang, Kane, Hazard, we're leaving Man City and Liverpool out of this, the odds of somebody only having Pogba and not having any of the three Hazard, Kane or Aubameyang is slim. So Pogba's so far back in our, our thinking that he's not really an option. Is it is it not fair to Mo Salah that we're not even putting him in the top like four? I mean, you know, the guy is an unbelievable form the last five game weeks. I mean, he could end up being the highest scoring player this game week, right? It wouldn't be shocking. Yep. 
Yeah. You know, had, a, had a goal and assist away to Man City last season. That incredible fourth goal, which I think we mm-hmm. all remember from like midfield, right, where he gets uh, uh, catches uh, Ederson flat-footed. So I, I do think that um, he's actually he's, he's probably a pretty decent vice captain this game week. Like if you're worried about rotation with any of your players, like sure. you, know, you could stick it on. The ceremonial captaincy. The MBE <laughs> of captaincy. <laughs> exactly. You never know when, it's, when you're going to need it. Uh, any other matches you want to talk about? Uh, Everton, Leicester. Um, I still I feel like I dodged a bullet with Richarlison. I don't know if you watched any of that Everton match. I, I did. I saw him put that match off the post at least. <sighs> but yeah, he was yeah, he was yeah. definitely very high up in my thoughts when I was considering bringing Son in. And yep. yeah, Richarlison is a tough player right now because I feel like if he's one that you have, you don't want to get rid of him. But he hasn't given a given you a whole lot to cheer about. Even the goal that he scored in game week nineteen, he you know he kind of saves your your team by coming off the bench in that match. Goes yep. on to score, then immediately goes on to take his shirt off and get a yellow card. The most <laughs> annoying know. thing that can happen that to was, any fantasy manager. The, the, the Jimenez moment was like that, and I don't know if you if if this is how you we were watching Brandon, but I was the NBC in the United States has a thing called yeah, Goal Rush. The Goal Rush. I had the same it's, experience. So they were they were cutting away to another match, and suddenly I look up in the corner. And I'm like, "Is that Jimenez celebrating a goal?" Yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. Like, go back, go back. Uh, so uh, they go to him, and then the immediate shot is of him taking his shirt off, and it's like, "No." Even though I know, even though I know, I've got the he goal. He had another maybe. shirt on. <laughs> Exactly. I was like, maybe it's okay. <laughs> but it's it was, the same it color. Amazing. What's the difference? It's, it's like it's such a great fantasy greedy moment where you're like, you know, you're about to get points for the goal. You're probably going to get bonus points. It's like it's an away match to Spurs. Like you can't expect anything from him in this game. And your immediate thought is just like, put your shirt on, dude. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the the most phenomenal goal celebration ever is Firmino used to do this often. I, don't, I haven't seen him do it in a long time, but he used to. Yeah. Look like he's going to take his shirt off and then stop and wag his <laughs> finger like, no, 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 yeah. you get a yellow card. Yeah, yesterday would have been the day to do that, right? I mean, yes, that third for, yeah, for sure. So yeah. uh, here, here's a here's a thought. Here's a thought exercise for us. If you're Jimenez, and no, so you, you can wear shirts. Some players wear shirts that have special messages like "Happy Birthday, Mom" under their jersey. If you mm-hmm. were wearing the exact same kit top under your jersey like it is exactly <laughs> the same Just and you, to, yeah. you take it off yeah. to reveal the exact yeah. same thing is yeah. that a yellow card offense or could you just say i i was too hot I was, I was well too- i guess by the letter of the law you are removing your shirt right, yeah, right. you are not yeah, right. even though even though you're you have the shirt on still you are removed so i think you might still get a yellow card yeah. although i really want to see that now that'd be amazing by the way jimenez six goals and six assists on the season 6.3 million, still still a great option. They have one difficult fixture in their next 10. They play yeah. Man City Wing Gaming 22, but other than that, it is just a sea of, of good fixtures. I am so happy to be tripled up on Wolves right now. I think there's yeah. a lot of points to come for them. And yeah. I would if if you if you got a little off wolves for a little while because they had kind of a kind of a rough run, uh, I would start to consider getting back on because um I like their attack right now. I mean, okay, okay. So we have the obvious candidates, right? We've got um, we've got Patricio, we've got uh, Doherty, and and Jimenez. Is there anyone else on Wolves that that catches your fancy a little bit? Anyone who you would, you know, consider bringing in? I mean, 
Helder Costa is somebody who who stands out a little bit, maybe just because he's so cheap. Right, it's four point eight million. Uh, yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, uh, Johnny Otto, who's back from injury, he's priced at four point three. So that's like right. um, so cheap. Bennett was the steal of the century at four point zero at the start of the season. He's still a viable budget option at four point one. But Johnny Otto is. Uh, He's just as attacking as Darty. He's not as uh, he he just hasn't hit the same stride that he has. But four point three, I think, is a great deal. So if you already have your keeper situation sorted, right. I think you'll see a lot of people doubled up on Wolves' defense just by virtue of having Darty and Patricio. So I don't think it's beyond the pale to double up just on their wingers in Johnny and Darty. So uh, that that would be my pick of all of them. If you're looking at attacking players, it just feels a little too punty uh, for me, apart from Jimenez. It's too bad that that Jota got injured, like just as he came back into form, because he would have been a fun kind of cheap, low ownership option. I, I, Ivan Caviero has played really well the last few game weeks. Um, He's maybe one to consider, although his minutes have been a little inconsistent. Um, Yeah. Moutinho, I think is, is not a player I would consider, um, it just doesn't, uh, it just doesn't score enough really. Um, it's all, it's so, all too yeah. much total football for me. Like these guys are <laughs> all, and Moutinho kind of embodies this and he really did help change the game when he came on as a, as a sub, but all these guys are basically doing so many different jobs. So, so it's, it's hard for them to focus on, uh, in, in the way you see, yeah. uh, you know, Liverpool attackers who can get away with being a little yeah. lax on defense. It's actually Jimenez is, is, is another example of this, right? I mean, that guy, like, it's amazing how often, like, there's some big defensive play and you're like, wait, is that, is that Jimenez? who's <laughs> like all the way back, like, yeah. you know, making a like, diving stop in the box or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, definitely let's keep an eye on Wolves. I think that's, I think that's good enough, Brennan, for our preview. I think, uh, yeah, let's, uh, Let's let's bring the matches on. I'm you know you know how it is. Once you have a good game week, you're like, yep, I want more matches. Let's, let's, let's like, go go go. And, and this exactly, I, I think we'll be happy, even though we're in the groove, uh, and and you're in the groove, Josh. It will be nice to have a prolonged break. This is this yep. is like the one break where I think we don't moan about it because man, I am I am no. fatigued. Everybody loves that first uh, FA Cup break. It is because like there's there is still there's still some games on if you if you still if you want to get your fix. But you know you can you can do some like it's a it's a weekend for some pure watches. Maybe a weekend to reconnect with the family, Brandon. Maybe you want maybe you need to go, you know, fly back to Michigan and uh, make up for some lost time. Go see. Nope, I was just there. I was just there, dude. So I, <laughs> I am not, I'm not going back. Here's the here's here here's the thing. I gave my wife a gift certificate to this rock climbing gym. Uh, oh, I, I'm not ready boulders? to go. At Brooklyn Boulders, exactly. Mm-hmm. So um, I have to focus on getting myself tooled up to actually, because I don't believe I have any upper body strength at all right now. So <laughs> maybe I'm just gonna pick up some pick up some dumbbells. You know, Brandon actually picked up some of those kettlebells recently. They're kind of nice. Like that sort of it is a good way to build up that upper body. You can burn some calories too. So consider that outstanding. If FPL isn't building up my upper body strength, then a kettlebell will. <laughs> Exactly. All right, Brennan, that's a wrap on this week's podcast. Uh, if you'd like to support the podcast uh, and just and if you if you want to say thank you, uh, you go to patreon.com slash always cheating. You can also say thank you by just going to iTunes, leaving a review or just listening to the podcast. Listening to the podcast and downloading it is is enough of a thank you as well. Thanks. Uh, Brennan, enough. <laughs> Thanks enough. Uh, we have some producer thank yous. Mike DePietro, Stephen Toomey, Sam Streak, Jacob Roberts, Nick Costello, Carl Rasmus, Lenny Granley. 
Chris Howell, Rafai Khan, Martin Savage, Rick Brailsford, Jim Payne, Adam Benjamin, Max Chamberlain, Brian T., Trevor Ingerson, Chris Carter, DeBig Gaffer, and Danny Evans. Ooh, it's a nice long producer list there, Brandon. And yeah, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. We're on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Acast, anywhere that you pick up your podcast, your favorite app of any kind. We're there. Let us know if you can't find us on your your preferred <laughs> podcast source, and, and we'll figure it out. But we're, we're everywhere. Follow us on Twitter at Hail Cheaters, H-A-I-L, Cheaters. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash always cheating. Email us at hailcheaters at gmail.com. And for all this information and more, you can always visit our website, alwayscheating.com. And on the homepage of alwayscheating.com, we will post the top 10 every week of our always cheating super league, which we didn't get to because the game is still updating Josh. But if you're ever interested in who's in top gear in the always cheating super league, just go to always cheating.com and it's never too late to join. We're 5,000 plus managers strong. It's, it's very strong, Brandon. It's a, it's a million strong and growing like a, like a Flintstone vitamin. So, uh, very good. And is that how that went? A million strong and growing. Uh, 10, 10, 10 million, 10,000. Uh, it's 10 it's like how strong. many how many burger how many burgers did they put on the McDonald's uh, sign? It keeps, it keeps <laughs> yeah, it's changing. Billions and billions of serves. Yep, exactly. <laughs> All right, Brandon. Uh, good luck uh, and happy New Year's to you. Happy New Year, Poku. I know you're out there. <laughs> happy New Year, Lord Soloff. May, May 2019 be better than 2018 was for you. Here, here. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com